Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 29th of September, and my name is Helen Freer. US 10-year Treasury yields hit a fresh 15-year high yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague, Lucia Cercciulovic. And then I'll get our usual Friday update on currencies and metals from Tim Gagey. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Helen. So today marks the last trading day of September, and we've talked a lot about the weak performance of equity markets in September on the podcast this week. It seems that stocks rebounded yesterday, though, right? Yes, they did. So stocks rose both in Europe and the US yesterday. Now, sticking with the US, during yesterday's trading session, stocks advanced nicely and the big tech companies, including Tesla, Nvidia and Meta, drove the Nasdaq 100 higher. Nevertheless, yesterday's market action did little to mitigate equities' sharp losses for the month and the quarter. So the S&P 500 is set to finish the month down around 4.5%, while the Nasdaq Composite is off nearly 6% in September. And both indices will likely mark September as their worst month in 2023 so far. Now, I read something yesterday, Helen, that really stuck with me, and it was saying, When in doubt, zoom out. And you know, when you just focus on September performance, it does look very bleak. But don't forget that year-to-day indices are still up. Some, you know, as much as we would like, but still up. Okay, that's a good reminder, Lucia. Thanks. Um, And I believe stock markets have also been taking their cues from the bond market lately, with any surge in rates raising worries about a recession and sending equities to new lows. So what was this dynamic like yesterday? Yeah, that's a really good point there. Um, Also considering that the S&P 500 hit the lowest level since June this week, just as the 10-year yield hit its highest level since 2007. Now, yesterday, the yield on the benchmark 10-year US Treasury hit a fresh 15-year high, as data yesterday showed a still resilient labor market with jobless claims coming in less than expected. But the yield retreated from that level later in the day, and this gave the major equity indices a boost yesterday. Okay. um, Now, circling back to where you started, when you mentioned Europe quickly, what was moving markets there? So there are a few important inflation figures out yesterday. And while Spain's inflation rate increased to 3.2% year on year, preliminary inflation data from Germany showed inflation slowing more than expected, with the so-called harmonized data showing a 4.3% increase in consumer prices year on year. This is, by the way, the lowest level since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So coming back to performance, European stock markets ended the day up, breaking a five-session losing streak yesterday. All right. Um, One region we haven't talked about yet is Asia, where stocks rose overnight. Can you tell us a few more details here? Sure. So markets there see some optimism over China's Golden Week holiday, which starts on October 1st. And it is really expected that consumer spending will increase over the holiday, which could help the struggling economy. And then there's also talks of a possible meeting between US and China leaders, which is also seen as a positive. Investors are also assessing a number of key economic data out of Japan. Maybe the most interesting one there is the inflation rate for Tokyo, where consumer prices rose 2.8% in September from a year ago. 
So back to performance, Hong Kong equities led the gains this morning, powered by cyclicals and real estate stocks, and stocks in Australia and New Zealand also climbed. Mainland Chinese markets are shut for the holiday and will be closed throughout next week. Okay, now moving away from stock markets, we've talked about oil a lot this week already, but I think we need to recap the latest moves there because Brent crude oil is set for its best quarter since March 2022. Yeah, so oil prices are actually down this morning as profit-taking and expectations of supply increases by Russia and Saudi Arabia outweighed the forecasts of positive demand from China during the Golden Week holiday. But there are really many factors to consider with oil. Some worry that high interest rates may weigh on oil demand, for example. And meanwhile, Bloomberg reports that oil buyers from across the world are facing some of the highest premiums seen in months as oil stockpiles are shrinking. And the spread between Brent and Middle East oil has jumped to the highest since February, while the premium for near-term U.S. supply is close to the highest since July 2022. Okay, definitely something to keep on the radar then. And something else that will be on the agenda is the latest personal consumption expenditures price index reading. That's due out later today. Yes, that's certainly an important figure that will come out today. After all, it is the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation metric. According to Dow Jones, economists expect that the core PCE advanced 3.9% year-on-year in August and gained 0.2% on a monthly basis. We will also get personal income and consumer spending data later today. And investors are also keeping an eye on Washington as lawmaker negotiations on the U.S. spending bill continue before the October 1st deadline. Interesting data points in Europe include the Swiss KOF leading indicator and inflation numbers for the Eurozone. And we've also just received Germany's retail sales data, which disappointed to the downside. And that's all from me, Helen. Great. Thanks very much, Lucia, for the interesting roundup this morning. Thanks for having me. And now, Tim, over to you. Good morning, firstly. Good morning, Helen. So US yields reached another new high yesterday, as Lucia mentioned earlier. So in light of this, how has this week been for you? It's actually been an extremely uh, interesting week, first of all. We started out, of course, in a very strong footing for the dollar. On Wednesday, we even broke the absolutely critical 105 level in euro dollar. This has been, for many people, something of a stretch target. I'm pretty sure I've heard myself say on several occasions this year, I mean, I guess we could even see 105, but that would be pretty extreme, with the sort of knowing laugh you do when you think something is basically impossible. But impossible is nothing, as some brand or other said once. Wednesday's low of 104.88 is four pips above the 2023 low of 104.84 that we saw back in January, making this level not just a psychological support. Anyway, all that is what happened, and since we all have eyes and can see for ourselves, I guess more important is what happens next. Technically speaking, the downtrend in Eurodollar is absolutely intact. We would need to first break above 106.20, then 106.70. But that all being said, I think if we see Eurodollar back to 105, it is an excellent buy level, whether that is for hedging purposes or to look at something like a reverse convertible or accumulator for more speculative interests. And we heard that gold has had a very tough week. What do you make of that? Well, for me, that's an easier one. I've been saying for a while, that I don't really understand why, when US yields are at such extreme levels, currencies that yield between 4%, 5%, kind of around the similar level to the dollar, are getting hammered, while gold, with its yield of precisely zero, 
was staying firm. And I think this week a bit of common sense may have come back here. And gold dropped not only against the dollar, but against actually most currencies. I don't really see the appeal of gold at such high levels with the lack of yield. So I think it might be a bit too early to buy here. I still think we can test 1800. And I also believe that even in the event of a deeper dollar sell-off, which is what I think should happen, even if I don't know if it will, it's not impossible that gold simply fails to join the party in that scenario due to the lack of yield. I think there are much better things to hold instead for now, including even platinum, which once again survived the test of the range low of 900 and is far less expensive. And how much has the stronger oil price affected FX markets? I think it's rather more on the periphery, really. There's been some interesting moves in the Norwegian krona, which did manage to break below the 200-day moving average against the euro for the first time since August of last year. The level itself is actually still pretty elevated, a weak krona that is to say, but such support lines are closely watched. So if we could confirm such a break, this might be a good sign for some more strength in the Scandinavian currencies. Swedish krona had a very good week, strengthened almost 4% against the euro since last Thursday. This is rather anticipated as the Riksbank are doing some fairly sizable foreign currency sales, which should continue to be krona positive, although this is not actually oil related. So I think overall, I would say it's had very little real impact on the FX market itself. But of course, it's always important because it influences heavily whatever investors might think about oil as it relates to inflation and the global economy. So what should people be thinking about doing in terms of currencies today then? Well, first of all, if you did not do it already, you should be looking at long sterling against the Swiss franc. After all this week's turbulence, spot is still only a little bit above the level of the last few weeks, and the carry, as I have said many times before, is still really sizable at around 4%. So that, for me, remains absolutely my favourite idea, and it takes you out of the stress of having to try and figure out what you're supposed to do with the dollar. If you have previously had some success with platinum and are flat, or if you never did anything before, then something like a reverse convertible in dollars against platinum, if you can get a strike below 900 at least and a decent coupon, definitely makes sense to me again. And I think, honestly, I would hedge long dollar positions against euros, probably prefer to do it in a move back towards 105 and against sterling, anywhere below 122 really. But again, as uh, I'm looking at the screens this morning, the dollar is definitely having what is uh, a slightly larger weakening move. I still would like to have exposure to Australian dollars, probably Canadian dollars. I think there's plenty of opportunity here. And I think this move in dollars for me remains an opportunity, even if I admit that I said that much too early uh, over the last uh, month or so. Uh, that's probably all for me for today. Thank you very much, Helen. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I wish you all an excellent weekend. Great. Thank you very much, Tim. Always good to get your latest thoughts. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again next week. I will be back on Monday talking to more of my colleagues about what is moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. 
They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.